welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. somebody's going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Expectancy, I believe, is one of the greatest keys that we could have. Amen. But it, don't, it doesn't just happen. Amen. You and I need to be aligned with the Word of God and with what God wants to do. Amen. And realize that we don't need to botch it before we get here. Amen. We need to make sure that we put everything we've got into this. Praise God. Amen. And I want God to just kind of, I want to hear testimonies from tonight. Amen. I want to hear testimonies. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want to hear some testimonies. Praise God. I want to hear some testimonies. Amen. Well, I was trying to go a different direction, but Amen. I think he's got me back on what I was going to preach to begin with. So, amen. I don't want to, I don't want to upset the apple cart here. But I will tell you this tonight. Amen. That we are living in the last times. I think we're living on the last of the last times. And I believe the coming of the Lord is just around the corner. Now, people will scoff at that statement and they will make fun of it. And they'll say, well, just like they did in the Bible. Man, we've been hearing that for a long time. Amen. My point is simply this. My dad always used to tell me it's better to be safe than sorry. And I think this generation that we are living in likes to flirt with that line and likes to flirt with that uh, uh, destruction. And they're like, well, as long as I'm on right here on this side of the line, everything's going to be okay. Amen. But I will tell you this. If you will sell out to the things of God, give Him your whole heart, mind, and your spirit, everything that's within you, Amen. God's going to do some great things. Amen. Not only in you, but through you. Amen. Uh, did my soul good to see uh, our, some of our elder saints get touched by God. I believe God can do a great work in their lives. You know, you never know how somebody feels until you go through the same experience that they've gone through. And when you have been afflicted by something that, uh, and doctors can't really tell you what it is, but you know it's real in your body. It's very frustrating, aggravating, disheartening, but yet we still believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So we're going to turn to the book of Ecclesiastes tonight. Wow. Man. We're going from the book of Acts to Ecclesiastes, Old Testament. But what I have a message to you tonight is very simple. It's very pointed. Amen. It's very important. Amen. Because how many knows that you can bask in the presence of God like you felt just a little while ago? But in the end, you can miss it. Amen. Our testimony will tell the story. Our testimony of our life, our testimony of yesterday, 
will tell the story because when we stand before God, that's what he's going to look at is our, our, our testimony of yesterday. Amen. When you stand before him. So follow with me here tonight. I don't know that I'll get done, but I'm going to follow the leading of the Spirit. And I'm going to uh, 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 preach. And if God leads me in different directions in this, then we're going to do that. Chapter 3, verse 14 through 17, the writer says, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it or added to it or nothing can be taken away from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now and that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. And moreover I saw under the sun the place of judgment. That wickedness was there. And the place of righteousness. That iniquity was there. I said in my heart. God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time. There is a time there for every purpose and every work. Hebrews 9.27, we all probably know it. And it is appointed unto men once to die. And after this, the judgment. It's appointed unto men once to die. And after this, the judgment. Lord God, we thank you for your presence that's in this place tonight. I know you're not done. I know you're still dealing with hearts. There are some here that wish they would have just got out and let it go a little bit, but they kind of held on to their emotions and held on to their, to their seat there. But God, I know that there's, there's a work to be done. There's a work to be finished tonight. And I pray, God, for the next little bit that you would touch our heart, mind, soul, our spirit. Let our ears hear what you would speak to us. Amen. Let our hearts be open to receive it. Amen. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you're here tonight. It is certain. It's not maybe. Not could be. It's not if everything just kind of works out according to certain things in life. But the Bible said it is certain, amen, that everybody, turn to your neighbor and say, you have an appointment. And this is one appointment you can't cancel and you can't miss. It is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. Appointed. Now, I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer here today because I believe if we will listen to what the Lord wants us to listen to this evening that's going to, it's going to fortify us and help us, amen, to pay attention, amen, to where we're at in life, amen, because when you look at a court, how many's ever been to a court, by the way, how many's ever been to court, don't be afraid, I'm not going to judge you tonight, but how many's ever been to court, how many's ever really been to court where you thought, man, this is bad, you see, a, a criminal, when they go to court, there are some things that you will find. It's just they're going to be there. Number one, you're going to have a judge. Now, in this case tonight, God is our judge. All right? 
But in, 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 in our temporal life, you have a judge. And then sometimes you're going to have some witnesses. And those witnesses are going to either be for the prosecution or they're going to be for the defense. And you hope, if you're the defendant, that you've got some pretty good witnesses. Right? Amen. But here in our story tonight, in our storyline, we want you to realize that when you stand before God, there's only going to be one witness there. And that witness is your past. And your past will testify. How we have reacted to our past knowledge and our past circumstances, it will determine whether our past will be a witness for either the prosecution or the defense. James said it this way in the fourth chapter and verse 7. He said, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now, this is a very stern warning here against the sins of omission. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. Doeth it not. You can look at Luke the 16th chapter verses 19 through 31. I will not read that tonight. But I want you to understand uh, it is the story about the rich man and Lazarus. It's a good example of neglecting to do the right thing. He was a rich man, Brother Howard. He had a lot of stuff. He had everything. Amen. Building the barns, getting all the stuff together. And one day, the Bible said uh, that Lazarus that laid at his gate, uh, amen, Lazarus died, and the rich man died also. But when Lazarus died, the angels carried him, uh, amen, to heaven. And, and when rich man died, the next thing you notice, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, being in hell. Looking across that gulf, he carries on a conversation with Abraham. Amen. Because the rich man, uh, or the Lazarus, had been carried to Abraham's bosom. Uh, and and he, he goes on this uh, uh, dialogue and carries on this dialogue. Uh, and then basically, uh, uh, when he talks about his five brothers and so on and so forth, Abraham comes to a point where he says, Listen, uh, if they won't listen to Moses, uh, and if they won't listen to the prophets, then how do you, why do you think they're going to listen to a man uh, that's come back from the grave? Hear me tonight when I tell you this. Amen. It's very important to you and I, as we sit here tonight, we are blessed. We are blessed that we feel the presence of God. We are blessed that we can feel the urgency of praying, amen, and seeking God. But you also must understand that there's a lot of times that we are doing exactly that. We do sins of omission. We neglect to do the right things. But in this end time, we don't have time to play around with that. So let's get on. In this message tonight, there's a story in 1 Samuel 15 about King Saul. And King Saul and the children of Israel were fighting battles and it seemed like every time you turned around there was something going on. And chapter 15 verses 1 through 3 uh, Samuel come to Saul and uh, he said unto him, The Lord has sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, hearken 
Thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Samuel said, listen, God called me, appointed me, and sent me to you to anoint you to be king. Now I'm telling you that because the next thing I tell you, you need to listen to it. That's our problem nowadays. We don't want to listen. Amen. The world we live in don't want to listen. They don't want to, they don't want to be corrected. They don't, want to, they don't want to think about judgment. They don't want to think about uh, the world ending uh, in such a way that's going, to, that's going to change not just their life as we know it, but their eternity. And verse, uh, uh, verse uh, 2 says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid in wait for him in the way. Down in the southern part, Negev is where it was at. And Amalek was camped out there. And, 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 and they came against the children of Israel and laid in wait for them as they came up from Egypt. And he said, so now, amen, all these years later, I want you to go and smite Amalek and utterly, everybody say utterly, destroy all that they have. Spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Slay them all. Now, I don't know about you, but that's kind of a direct word. And I don't know how you feel about it. But I think uh, in that kind of a situation, uh, if it was spoken to you and I, we would probably say, whoa, 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 wait on that. You sure that was a word from the Lord? You sure that was a, because that's what Saul did. Saul just kind of got caught up in everything else. And verse, chapter 15, verse 13 to 15, the Bible says, Samuel came to Saul, Saul said to him, blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. I have did what he has asked me to do. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the best of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. Saul, you don't get it. God didn't say save the best for a sacrifice. God did not say, spare King Agag. God did not say, amen, come and, 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 and you keep what you want for the best of the flocks and kill the rest. No, God said don't spare anything. Let me stop and tell you this right now. There's a lot of things we have hanging on in our life that we should have destroyed a long time ago, but we've let it hang around. And if we're not careful, it will become the destruction of our soul. Oh, pastor, you're depressing me. We were feeling the Holy Ghost a while ago. Well, maybe you should have done something about it while you were feeling the baptism of the Spirit of God in your life. Maybe you should have done something about it because now, amen, the Word of God is, a, is, 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 is trying to get you to understand that there are decisions that we make that could be an absolute destructive power in our life. So you go over to the second book of Samuel, chapter 1. And this young man came to David. There's a hot battle. Amen. Saul has lost his life. Jonathan has lost his life. The sons have lost their life. And David said to the young man that told him all the story, he said, how do you know that Saul and Jonathan, 
his son are dead. And the young man that told him said, I, as, as I happened by chance upon, upon Mount Gilboa, amen, behold, Saul was leaning on his spear, and lo, the chariots and the horsemen were following hard after him. And when he looked behind, he saw me, and he called unto me, and I answered, Here am I. And he said unto me, Who art thou? And I said to him, I am an Amalekite. And he said unto me again, Stand, I pray thee, upon me, and slay me, for anguish has come upon me, because my life is yet whole in me. So, David, I stood on him and slew him, because I was sure that he could not live. After that he was fallen. And I took the crown that was on his head, and the bracelet that was on his arm, and have brought them hither unto my Lord. You see, Saul's past came back to pronounce and execute judgment upon him because the prophet Samuel said, amen, some time ago, amen, God said, go and slay the Amalekites because I've seen what they did to the children of Israel as they came up out of Egypt. You leave things alive in your life, they're going to come back to bite you. If you allow them to stay alive and operate in your life, you say, well, I don't really have a problem with that, but, uh, you know, X, Y, Z, I'm here to tell you, you got to utterly destroy that. you got to have a prayer meeting with God where He comes in your life uh, and He delivers you uh, and sets you free, uh, amen, and takes that away from you. Come on. Somebody say, praise the Lord. you got to utterly get rid of it. Uh, you got to do away with it because you don't want it to be an Amalekite that comes into your life uh, later on down the road. Uh, and it's the very thing that destroys your life. If you believe that tonight, clap your hands and praise Him. Yes. Saul, you should have did what God said to do. Because when you didn't, Samuel said to him, the kingdom has been taken from you. Saul was so distraught that when Samuel turned to leave, he fell and caught some of his garment, and it tore. And Samuel turned around and said, Saul, the kingdom is going to be divided. Hear me tonight. Let me tell you, when God speaks that word, I've been thinking about this. We've got to have the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. This is one of those moments where God's shifting things on me. You got to, we got to have the power of the Holy Ghost. You say, why is that so important, Pastor? I'll tell you why it is. Because a service is just like this. Amen. We got to get rid of the Amalekites. We got to get rid of those things in our life. Amen. That, that will do nothing but destroy us. We'll do good in here. But when we get out there, it'll slip up and creep up in our lives. And then it begins to, to, to choke us out. And we wonder why, we wonder why, we wonder why. It's because we did not under, utterly destroy it. We didn't get rid of it. Uh, we let it hang around. Uh, we, let it, we let it stay with us. Uh, amen. We let it show up every now and then. We don't think it's a problem. Uh, but then all of a sudden it becomes a real issue uh, and a real problem. Let me tell you here right now. Amen. When God begins to speak in our lives, uh, in this place, uh, in this sanctuary, before we leave tonight, we need to be determined uh, that we're going to leave without that in our lives. 
You say, why is that important? Because there's a world that's lost and dying and on their way to hell. And they've got all kinds of stuff in their life that they need deliverance from. And if you and I can't lead them to deliverance, will they or can they ever be free? Deliverance starts with us. Turn to your neighbor and say, it starts with us. It starts with us. we got to be delivered before they can be delivered. Now grant you, I said it that way because I believe uh, that if they get in the right frame and the right people, amen, things will happen. But I'm here to tell you right now, you and I, turn to your neighbor again, we need to be delivered. Amen. We need to deliver, deliver us uh, so that when we pray the prayer of faith, uh, God can begin to move uh, on behalf of that individual and begin to see the power and the glory of God uh, manifested uh, in their lives. Who are you? I'm an Amalekite. I'm an Amalekite. You are. Well, that which you should have destroyed, Saul, is the very thing that took your life. Read the story. Go and read the story. David, even after this guy brought the crown and brought the the bracelet, David's thing, you know what his whole thing was all along? Touch not God's anointed. He knew Saul wasn't right, but he was still God's anointed. And he said, you didn't look at Saul as the anointed because if you seen him as anointed, you would have tried to help him get out of there. Amen. And if he died, he died. But you would not have destroyed him. You would have not taken his life. Amen. Let me stop and tell you something today. Amen. David stopped at that moment and said, because you didn't understand and because you didn't know, he called another young man and had him kill him, execute him. David said, I will not, I will not be looked at as gaining something because of the death of the king. Think about that. Come on. It's important, folks. I'm preaching. I I wanted to preach something else. I'm right there at the altar, man. I was like, I got to preach something else. I can't preach this tonight. I got to preach something else. I need to find something about faith or uh, something about uh, uh, feeling good. I got to preach something to pump people up. Amen. But no, I came back to this. Why? Because you and I, we are standing in the gap between a lot of the people in the world. uh, Amen. Our friends and family. uh, Amen. And their their destruction. uh, Amen. So you and I have to realize how important it is. uh, Amen. To stay firm and founded on the word of God and be determined that we're going to be that that one amen that's going to stand in that gap and fight for them I can't fight for them if I've got things hanging around in my life why because that stuff is going to just drag us down and when we need to call on the name of the Lord we're going to be so cluttered with all this other stuff Amen. That we can't see our way through it. Amen. I'm here to tell you. Amen. We got to get our mind. Man, the world and all this other stuff out there that's going on. Amen. Give me Jesus. Take the whole world and give me Jesus. Take the whole world and give me Jesus. 
Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Come on, we have to realize how important this thing is. Amen, young people, amen, we need you to stand up and stand strong. Old folks, we need you to bow your back in this end time and prove to the young people, amen, that you can still live for God. Amen, it makes no difference how old we are. You can still live for God. Amen, you can still pray with the anointing. You can still see people, people's lives changed. No matter what your age is. I watched Sister Moody as she ran across the church. I thought she'd run in the eyes. She walks over, runs over, and gets a hold of Sister Friend. I thought, Sister Friend, she was trying to yank you up to come run with her. And then I seen Sister Mary, God bless her, coming up to this altar. Amen, the power of God getting on her. Sister Mary, the only thing you missed the only thing you didn't do that you normally did was throw that arm behind you and get to, get to going like that and hair flying everywhere. Bobby, Bobby pin missiles going all over the place. But the power of God got on her. She got to the second or third pew. The power of God got on her. Sister Lyle and Sister uh, uh, Moody began to pray for her and other people again. Another wave of the power of God. Let me stop and tell you, the power of God just don't happen in song service alone. It don't happen, uh, amen, just in the preaching of the word. Uh, it don't happen just at the altar call. The power of God uh, needs to move uh, in concert throughout the whole service to touch people's lives. I don't want church just to be a, a window of opportunity here or a window of opportunity there or a window of opportunity here. I want the whole window open uh, for the whole body, uh, for anybody that comes to be able to feel the presence of God. Amen. Is that important, Pastor? Let me stop and tell you. I don't know how many pages I got left. But I'll tell you what is so important. Let me stop and give you some illustrations and I won't go into the whole story. But we have Belshazzar. And Daniel 5, amen. In Daniel 5, the Bible said he made a great feast. And he invited all the lords to the thousands of lords and drank wine before the thousand. And then Belshazzar, whilst he tasted the wine, he also got a bright idea. And he commanded for them to bring the golden silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes and his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Amen. So then they brought the golden vessels and they brought all the stuff that was taken out of the temple, the house of God. Things that were dedicated for the house of God. That was at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes and his wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and they praised. They blasphemed the things of God. And while they were drinking out of those vessels, they began to give honor and praise the gods of gold, silver, brass, iron, wood, and stone. Amen. And God said, I've had enough. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you've seen those pictures before? Amen. The hand of God comes out and shows up in that room and begins to write on the wall. <laughs> many, many, tickle, absalom, 
Whew, man, that'd scare anybody, right? Hey, man, that'd scare anybody. Hey, man, I'll give you a point in case. Hey, man, before church, I'm back in the office, and some of the singers came in, and, and uh, they go in the prayer room, and they're doing their thing. I can hear them singing and all that kind of stuff, and I said, <laughs> the old uh, pastor's coming back in him right now. Hey, Amen. So I walked over to the door, and I said, boom, 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 boom. Everybody's going nuts in there. And I opened up the door, and I just said, Are you, just check to see if anybody's ready for the rapture. <laughs> what I'm saying is, if something like that comes out of thin air and starts writing on the wall, I promise you they weren't sitting around going, oh, man, what is that? That's cool. Belshazzar, what, how in the world, man? How did you? What, what, what soothsayer? Who, who did this? Boy, this is great entertainment. No. No. Hey, man, it got their attention. The fingers of a man's hand rode over against the candlestick on the plaster wall. The king's palace. And the king saw part of that hand. Hey, man, and all of a sudden, his countenance changed. How many's ever seen a drunk person sober up real quick? Somebody told me one time when they were working at a place and somebody overdosed in the bathroom. And uh, it was actually college. It was actually Miami University. And they gave them the Narcan, the stuff that would bring them out of that stupor. And they came out of that stupor fighting mad. You ruined my high! I would have said, no, I saved your life. They were drinking. A bunch of them were drunk. Nebuchadnezzar, they're all praising the gods of gold, silver, stone, iron, all these different things. They're giving glory. But they're using the vessels that were anointed and dedicated for the house of God. God said, it's judgment day for you. His wise men couldn't answer it. You know the story. I won't, I won't belabor the point. The queen come in and said, hey, listen. There's a guy here. That's your grandfather. That says here, son. But it's his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, said he, amen, had this guy named Daniel that came in and interpreted some dreams. Said, I think if you call him. Now at this time, Daniel's about 80 years of age. And he walks in. I'll give you the robe. I'll give you the pendant around your neck. I'll make you third in control of the kingdom. Daniel says, no, no. I don't need that stuff. I'll just tell you what the Lord said. I'm going to tell you what the Lord said. Pastor, man, is it important? Listen, we need to follow the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. That night, Belshazzar was slain. 
And somebody else took the kingdom. See, Belshazzar had the testimony of his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar. The testimony of the past that condemned him. You see, what he knew should have changed him. But he, cho- he, he, he chose to ignore the testimony of yesterday. Hear me. And God required that which was past and used it as a measure against Belshazzar. He was weighed. He was found wanting. And he was judged. The past testified against him. I don't want that to happen in my life. Let me stop and tell you this. There's another character that I wanted to talk about. His name was Enoch. And what was his testimony? His testimony was that he pleased God. He walked with God. He pleased God. And God liked him so much, he just took him. Let me ask you something tonight. Are you willing to turn loose and let God really have control of your life? Or do you still want to hang on to those things that are going to end up biting you one day and could end up being the destruction of your soul? We let me say it again as I started with the coming of the Lord is imminent you and I don't have the luxury of playing around with what God has given us and God help us if we don't do what he wants us to do and we miss these other people miss out on the testimony that we could have shared And God helped the ones that had the testimony and didn't do anything about it like Belshazzar. Let's stand together. I'm going to ask him to play. And please, I'm going to ask you for just a moment to just hear me. Because I want us to come to this altar. And I want us to realize, God, I'm going to touch you tonight. And I'm going to get rid. I'm going to let you take some of these things that are just kind of hanging around in my life. Amen. And I'm not talking about things. Paul talked about the weight and the sin that does so easily beset you. you know, sometimes there's just things in our life that are a weight. They're not necessarily a sin. But they're weighting us down. And we need to say, God, I'm going to get rid of this. Take this from me tonight. Lord, remove it from my life. I believe somebody can get the We're going to have a baptism here in a little bit. I believe somebody can get the Holy Ghost tonight. I still believe that window is open for to whomsoever will. Can change their life. Do you believe that tonight? If you believe that tonight, clap your hands. Uh, and one more time, raise your voice. And give God praise.
I noticed this morning, and don't take this wrong, but I noticed this morning when Brother Howard gave the altar call, we should not have to say over and over again, come to the altar, let's pray. Don't take that bad. It just resonated with me over there. And I stepped up to the front because the altar should be our best friend, not a place that we're afraid of. Kneeling down at your seat should not be a place that you're afraid of. It should be, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to pray or I'm going to kneel and I'm going to pray. I understand the kneeling part because I haven't been able to actually kneel on my knees in some time unless I've got pillows underneath them that are about that thick. But when we come to this altar tonight, I want you to come with purpose. And I want you to pray, God, deliver me, set me free. Or God, help me to be the example I need to be. Help my testimony be as such to where other people, when they see me or when I talk to them, they're going to say, that's what I want. So I open these altars right now. Let's come. Let's find a place to pray. Let's open our voice. Let's talk to the Lord. They're going to sing. Let's enter into the presence of the Lord. Well, we're not entering in. The presence of the Lord is already here. But let's entertain it some more tonight. The presence of the Lord. Entertaining. Entertaining. Hey, he's as close as the mention of his name. I feel like praying with somebody.
our hands again and praise God tonight. We're gonna lift our voice in victory. Hallelujah.